Welcome to Beyond the Bar podcast. I'm your host, Denise Tova, bringing real talk and personal conversation with some of our top legal minds. And be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any captivating episodes because we have a truly remarkable lineup. So in this episode, I have an absolute honor of welcoming a terrific guest, a distinguished divorce attorney, and a founder of an inspiring nonprofit organization, Stephen Gassman. Now you can check out Steve's complete bio in the description below, uh, along with the contact information and links. So Steve, welcome to our podcast. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Listen, you're not only a legal powerhouse, but also an accomplished author and a lecturer. And, and I have to say, when I first moved to New York, which was several years ago uh, from Denver, I would hear about the legendary Steve Gassman. And I also heard you speak. I know you've attended a couple of my webinars. And um, when I when I heard you speak, you were giving, I think, case law updates. This was uh, this was pre-COVID. Um, and you were you were so calm. You were calm. You were uh, you were going through this. Uh, it was a pretty extensive law updates, and you had uh, judges and and other lawyers who were taking copious notes. And, you know, and I thought to myself, you know, the best way to get to know the legend is to have him come on my podcast and get really personal and uh, better at you said yes. So um, why don't we dive right in and get to know the person behind the legal brilliance? So let me ask you this, Steve, uh, amidst this accomplished career, uh, legal career, what were pivotal moments or, or experience in your life that sparked your interest not only to become a lawyer and but but a divorce lawyer. Okay, well, thank you for the kind words. And there are people who would take issue with the legend bit, but we'll leave that alone. Uh, you know, it really started. I went to law school. Some would say the old-fashioned way. Uh, I worked full time during the day. I went to law school at night. And I worked in a law office on weekends, and I was married and had a child at the same time. They were kind of hectic days, but. I was assigned the matrimonial uh, cases by the law firm I worked at, uh, at at the time. And I really got to like it because it didn't just have the human element, but unlike what most people think about matrimonial lawyers, that they just deal with hysterical people and you know that type of thing. It's really a sophisticated branch of the law because in addition to the body of matrimonial law, you have to really be versed in so many disciplines. Um, you know, you have to know, as, you, as you're familiar with, uh, financial acumen has to be very high. Uh, you have to know bankruptcy law to a certain degree, criminal law to a certain degree, and many, many other disciplines. And it also involves trials, which is what I love. And um, you could hone your trial skills as well. So I chose to follow that. And that's what made me a divorce lawyer. And it's been going on for about 50 years now. Wow. Did I hear you say that you still love trials? I do. Uh, but even trying cases during the summer, which I really don't like to do normally, but so what? You know what happens. Um, hmm. And it's not that we look to try a case, but some cases have to be tried. That's it. Yeah, uh, no, that's, ready you know, that, that, that you have to be ready. That's, you know, I admire that. I mean, that, that is a special set of skill set and, and I think mindset too, um, because that's, you have to be super prepared. I mean, what, what is it about 
do in the trial? What is it about that 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 still? I don't know if it gives you a thrill. Maybe that's that's you know strong strong description. But what is it about it that after so many years you still enjoy it? Well, first of all, there's the element of competition. You know, if you're a kid and played sports and you were competitive and so forth, uh, you grow up and that element of competition is still within your bones, so to speak. And so you're there, you know, someone wins, someone loses. There are various degrees of wins and losses, but there's the element of competition. Secondly, you know, you're fighting for your, and most importantly, you're fighting for your client's cause. You try to settle the case. If you can't, um, you know, someone's relying upon you. Uh, for the rest of their life in terms of their financial well-being, the custody of their children, or whatever issue is extant in the particular case. Um, it's an awesome responsibility, and uh, you mentioned the word prepare. That's that's really the key. Preparation, preparation, preparation. It's, it's endless. Uh, it, it really, that that's the key to it. And wow. you hone your skills over the years, and there's talents in being a trial lawyer, you know, when, um, some lawyers have it innately to a certain degree, others develop it over time, uh, but you know when it's there. So. Wow, that's, yeah, that definitely, uh, it, it sounds to me like, like you enjoy uh, the growth, the, the intellectual challenge. Well, I do, and, and you know, you mentioned um, teaching and, and seminars and, and writing. Uh, that's a labor of love to me, uh, and I've been doing it for you know, all these years. Uh, it not only forces me to keep up, which is you know a great advantage, uh, but I, I just love teaching, and you know um, I've done literally hundreds and hundreds of seminars, um, and I keep doing them. Um, I enjoy it; um, they're fairly well received, fortunately. So I keep going, um, and it's you know in all aspects, it's, it's, it's evidence, it's case updates, it's trial practice, uh, etc. Of all aspects of what a matrimonial lawyer should and should not do. That's, uh, that's, that, that's amazing. So it's constantly, you know, staying, staying on your toes and learning because things continue to evolve. Um, and, and then you're dealing with a, uh, huge level of unpredictability, the human emotions. Um, and that's, that's a completely different layer. If, if you're dealing with, you know, you have all sorts of personalities, uh, and, and, and man, being able to manage people's expectations and when they're so charged emotionally, so it goes beyond focusing on the economics and the property division and, and the parenting issues um, that that that's you know that's really one of the reasons what inspired me to do these podcasts too because there is so much support out there for divorcing uh, people folks who are going through it you know to make sure that they care of themselves and I don't know how well, much there the, is for uh, for practitioners well here's the challenge You're generally seeing people at their rawest form I mean, to many, many people, going through a divorce is the most emotionally traumatic episode of their life. So you're dealing with them in that situation, and yet you have to make decisions that will affect the rest of their life, both financially, in terms of their children, well-being, and so, and so forth. It's a hard mesh sometimes to take someone at an emotional high and make these really life-changing decisions. And that's the challenge to do that. Uh, and sometimes you, you know you have to wait until the emotions subside, and then things really fall into place. Yes. Now stepping outside of work because you 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 are like a an energizer bunny. You keep going, so this doesn't actually come as a surprise. But about thirty years ago, 
uh, during your tenure as the president of the Nassau County Bar Association, I know you initiated a remarkable charitable uh, initiative known as the We Care Fund. And, and I, I, I actually heard, I heard the, uh, the video uh, and you mentioned that you had two goals. One was to give back and to improve the image of lawyers, which was a second goal. So Steve, what drove you to start this? And then 30 years later, if you were to fast forward, how have you met both of these goals? Uh, you've described what really is our mission statement. Um, the first, of course, is that uh, lawyers collectively are a fairly privileged group and we owe it to give back. Um, and this was a vehicle by which we could give back. It's the charitable arm of the Nassau County Bar Association. The first year of its operation in, in 1989, it won the award from the State Bar Association as the best new program of the year statewide. It's been copied by many bar groups throughout the country. Uh, and that's credit to us, I guess. And that's been enormously successful, uh, that end of it. We've raised millions and millions of dollars. Uh, we have scholarship programs. Uh, we feed people at Thanksgiving who can't otherwise have a, a proper Thanksgiving meal. Um, we, we help victims of domestic violence, and the list goes on and on. Uh, we, we give out many grants to other charities, plus we have our own independent uh, programs. The second one is more, more interesting in a certain way. At the time that this evolved, there was a tremendous amount of lawyer bashing going on. Uh, you heard, you know, lawyer jokes were in vogue and, and lawyers were being bashed left and right. And we yeah. said, you know, let's try to do something about improving the image of lawyers. You know, one lawyer does something in a, in a wayward way, it gets a lot of publicity. A hundred lawyers do good deeds and, and nobody knows. And that we set out to correct. And I think we've made a, a decent dent in that. Um, we have so many community-related projects that the communities have been to the Bar Association, they see what we do, um, they appreciate what we do, and I think it's made a dent. I don't know if that'll ever cure the problem 100%, but it's gone a decent ways anyway. So that those were the really, two missions of it. And it's- That is it's really been, terrific to hear. Yeah. If you asked me 30 years ago, will it ever have grown to this point? I would have said no, but it's, there's been so many people involved <laughs> and it's just been great. And judges and lawyers, not just lawyers. We have a tremendous amount wow. of judges who are active and we care and, and give their time uh, to helping the underprivileged. It, it's really been a, the more, a fabulous The program. more, the better. The more, yeah. the better, Steve. This is, it, it is a truly wonderful organization. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes people who are not being vocal about giving back and what they do make a huge difference. And there are many fantastic practitioners who do exactly that. Um, so I will make sure to post a uh, link to the organization's website uh, uh, below oh, so you. that those, yes, um, who would like to get involved and, and really you should get involved. It, it is a terrific organization. Um, you know, life presents us with opportunities and unfortunately also challenges and losses. Um, I've certainly had a, a share of a very significant loss a couple of years ago, and I know you as well, Steve, can you share more about that and, and how you navigated that? Well, I was blessed with a, a wonderful partner uh, for many years by the name of Rich, Rick Cadell. And in January of, of 06, um, at 47 years of age with three a wife and three teenage sons, Rick just died suddenly. And 
um, on a personal level, uh, mostly in a professional level, and uh, it, it was a blow to all of us in, the, in our firm and, and to the legal community in, in Nassau and Suffolk County as well, because he was so highly respected. Uh, one of these few people that had no enemies. Um, everyone was fond of him, respected him, uh, and he was that type of individual. And we've gone on, you don't replace a Rick Idell, but you do move forward and do as best you can. And, and that's what we've done. And uh, we cherish his memory, we really do. Um, it was, it was tough to deal with, but we did. And you have to. Yeah, yeah, I guess you do. And, and, and uh, there are ways that you can, you can sort of keep our, our loved ones in, in a forefront uh, by way of what you do and, and, and uh, sort of, um, you know, continuing their legacy. That, so that's uh, wonderful. Steve, thank you so much for sharing that. How, you know, we talked about dealing with, with emotionally charged situations. And even after, I, I think you said 50 years, <laughs> that's mind blowing. How yeah. do you reset? What, what, do you, what do you enjoy doing outside of work? Well, I've been criticized for not having enough outside of work time, <laughs> but uh, I have to put up with that criticism. But when I'm not working, I, I really, you know, I spend time with my family, I golf, and I read, and and that's basically most of it, um, and I and I enjoy it uh, obviously. Um, but I think the most important thing is not so much the time that you spend resetting, but the manner in which you reset. Uh, I'm kind of blessed that I can work regardless of how many hours a day. But when I go home at night, I compartmentalize. I mean, I shut it off. That's it. I don't don't talk to me about any cases of what happened and I could shut her off till early the next morning. And I think that's an invaluable tool to maintaining your sanity really, uh, particularly, you know, when you deal in a uh, type of practice that is very challenging, uh, it's consuming at times, but never boring, I'll tell you that, it never is. <laughs> Would you even know what to do with yourself if you were quote unquote, retired if you couldn't practice a law teach a law i that constantly and you know i say to people i have no desire to retire uh, i guess there'll come a day i'll have to but i have absolutely no desire and I, you know i wouldn't know what to do i mean you know you could play golf a couple of days a week <laughs> that type of thing but you know i just could couldn't even imagine frankly uh, and i'm glad i don't have to face it right now what makes you laugh People, uh, you know, sometimes intentionally because they want to be funny and a lot of times, uh, you know, unintentionally, um, unwittingly. Uh, and we see it every day. I mean, the only way you get through things like this, uh, in this type of practice, I think, is the ability to, you know, laugh from time to time and laugh at yourself as well. Um, if you're taking yourself too seriously, um, you know, none of us are inventing the cure for cancer or, you know, developing a plan for world peace uh wish we could but we're not and you know sometimes you got to put things in perspective and if you laugh at what you do i've had this discussion with judges even during trials there's a moment of levity and and the judge will sometimes explain to the people that you know it's not that we don't take your case seriously but if we don't have a moment of levity once in a while we're going to go crazy uh, because we're dealing with really important aspects of people's lives there's no question about it 
So yeah, and it's almost like bringing them back to the simple moments. You know, when at one point they yeah. they you would think they loved each other, and and they used to laugh. And you're right, we get caught in in that personal mind, the ego driven you know mind, and uh, and it just just keeping it simple, staying in a moment. Um, that's why you know I like a balance uh, of, of these talks, just to kind of just 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 flowing with it because that's what life is about, and it's not all about practice. But I, I am like you, Steve, where um, I love what I do, and it has many different facets to it because you deal with people, and and you right. can take it in so many different so many directions. Um, now you mentioned books. Uh, are there any books that deeply influenced you? What are, what are you reading now? Well, I've read. Well, now I'm reading. Um... Daniel Silva's new book, uh, uh, The Collector, uh, I've read the whole series. But what's really influenced me, um, I've made a, a habit over the years, I read a lot of books about some of the great trial lawyers from different eras, uh, you know, from Clarence Darrow, uh, you know, to um, Louis Neiser and Jerry Spence, and, and there's many, many others. And it's just, some are self-aggrandizing, obviously, but um, it, it's fascinating to read because there's common themes in all of them. Uh, preparation we've mentioned, you know, in terms of trials. And uh, the life of a trial lawyer is a, is a very demanding one. Um, you don't set your schedule, a judge sets your schedule. And when you're on trial, that is your life. Whether it's a week, two weeks, I once tried a case 57 days. That's your life for the, that period of time. There's, there's not much else, I must tell you. Um, but it's very challenging. And the other thing I think I've learned from these books and watching other really good lawyers is you develop your own style. You can get hints and ideas from other lawyers, but you have to blend it into your style. Otherwise, if you try to copy someone, it comes off as you're copying and it's not sincere and it's not convincing. So those are the lessons I've learned from the books and watching other lawyers over the years speaking of yeah and speaking of lessons and i know you like to teach is what um what, what would be a, a, a advice that you would give to uh young professionals young legal professionals that you wish someone gave to you all right well it's interesting yes that i you know a while ago i was asked to speak at a law school for three l's the people in third year of law school who were about to embark upon their careers of practicing law and with myself and a couple of other lawyers from different disciplines, and we gave them what we considered practical advice. And I said something which was a little controversial, but the dean of the law school approved of it. And I said, look, if you want a job, if that's what this is to you, you go to law school to get a job, get out now. It's a terrible job. The hours are demanding. The work is, is demanding. Um, it, you know, you, you're not going to like it. But if you're looking for a profession where you can, you know, really be the, be as best as you can be, it's a great, great way to make a living and you'll love it. Uh, and that's what I, I feel about the profession. I, I see lawyers at, at both of these levels. I see some that are, you know, you know they're, they're competent lawyers, but they're going through the motions. It's, it's a means of earning a living, period. And there are others who, you know, are, great, are very inspirational. They, they really achieve to be great lawyers. And that's what I think the young people should do. The other thing is, is time management, because if you want that work-life balance, you have to develop some skills in time management. A little easier today with the technology that's available, um, that is. 
And, and most important, I, I, I would say, if they forget everything else I've ever said, reputation, reputation, reputation. That's the only thing you have to sell. That's it. And if you compromise it, the world's going to know. And to regain it is difficult, if not well nigh impossible. So that's the advice I gave to those young lawyers. And I think, I think it's something to think about. Absolutely. Uh, especially the, the, well, first of all, it's very transparent. You're, you're setting great expectations and someone you just said after 50 years, I, I am still embracing it. I love the challenge. Um, I love the intellectual uh, growth. And you must love it. Otherwise, you will burn out. You love it. At least no, enjoy it. Um, yeah. Well, that's how, you present, that's how you prevent burnout is, is you really put your whole self into it and you have some satisfaction because you're going to achieve things when you do put your whole self into it. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the reputation, you know, with social media, you, you have to be so careful because it's out there. It will stay out there. So very, very good advice. Very good advice. <laughs> you can't take it back. <laughs> so it's been, uh, it's been, it's been terrific, Steve, to, to have you today. And, and I'm hoping that uh, you. you will consider coming back. Uh, there's definitely a lot more underneath that surface. Uh, I've learned a lot. So thank you so much for being a guest on our show and sharing your story. And, uh, you know, that, that's a wrap today for our uh, uh, captivating episode of Beyond the Bar podcast. And make sure to subscribe so you don't miss another great episode. Thank you. Thank you.